This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. I am Carl Jensen with my co-host. I'm Doug Cunnington. Doug, so what are we going to talk about today? It's going to be a little bit different. So it will be a little bit lighter on the Phi area. And really, this is like show and tell for Carl and I. So not too much showing, but we both got back from vacation. We were gone roughly the same time, vastly different trips. And we haven't had a a chance to catch up. And I was like, well, this will be fun to talk about. I mean, I think there's, it's very light on Phi material, but Elizabeth and I actually talked about Phi and not working and, and those kind of topics quite a lot. But really, it's just you and I catching up, talking about vacation. Yeah. And we both did meet people from Phi communities while we were in our different places. And we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah. So I think we didn't talk about who was going first, but I think I'll, I'll kick it over to you, Carl. And um, we both uh, kept notes. You actually have like a notebook and I kept a journal. I actually didn't do a good job journaling. It was more like bullet points and just the facts. Like, what did I do that day? But as uh, maybe three or four days in, I realized like, oh, I'm actually getting into the flow of journaling and Amber Lee Grant and I talked about like travel journaling and journaling in, in general. And I was like, I got to get back into it. When you go on trips, like you do so much stuff and it's, it's a great way to remember because by the time you get back, it, like it's so fleeting. Like if you don't think about it and write it down. So I was really trying to make sure I wrote down like where we ate and like places we went and as much as I can remember. So what was your practice of like writing stuff down? It is Doug. I, I found that is such a great tip because I tried to keep notes as well. I would just open up my phone and put them down. And I encouraged our kids to take notes too, because you're right. Uh, to back up a second, I actually wrote a blog post about my trip there and I reviewed it this morning and it kind of surprised me how much of it had kind of, I don't think I would have remembered half that stuff. It was gone already. And from talking to other people about the trip, these memories surface and you're right. If you don't write them down, they're going to be gone. I think it's fun. It'll be fun for both of us to look at our notes in a year or two from now. Cause yeah, if you don't do that, poof. Yeah. And another thing is, um, you know, when you're drinking the whole time, it, uh, it definitely gets blurry. You know, your memory does not work as well then. So there were definitely a couple pieces where I was like, well, that's the day we just started drinking at 11 on the beach. So yeah, that happens sometimes. So, okay. Carl, how did you divide up your stuff? How do you want to cover it? Uh, I have a couple different sections and a bunch of random thoughts. But first, I have a, a question for you, Doug, which relates to my trip to Germany. Would you like to touch my monkey? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever someone asks you that, you should say yes. Do you know what that is from? No. Oh, man. <laughs> Saturday Night Live used to have this. It was a Mike Myers skit called Sprockets where they would make fun of like German culture. They'd wear black and have their hair slicked back and, and talk in a monotone and all this shit. It was probably my favorite skit. And it's one of the things where you show some people, I showed it to Mindy and she's like, this is not funny at all. 
Like I, I find nothing. It's not funny and it's not amusing. I hate this. And me, I love it. It's like one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And there was a bit on there where Mike Myers would be interviewing someone and he'd say, would you like to touch my monkey? And then they would zoom out and there'd be a, a real life monkey <laughs> standing there and they would go like, touch the monkey. It does. It rings a bell a little bit, but I, I'll have to go back and look up a few on YouTube there. So yeah. Germany's most disgusting home videos. I will put a link to that in the show notes. It's awesome. Yeah. So you might like it. You left at that. So I bring that up because everything I thought about Germany was derived from sprockets. <laughs> not, not, not really, but I had a lot of conceptions in my head about what I thought Germany would be like. Very orderly, everything's on time, everyone is kind of respectful, they follow the rules and, and that type of thing. And I got to tell you, Doug, it fulfilled, it lived up to all the stereotypes I had built up in my head. Which were all pretty good stereotypes, like no bad ones. There were a couple bad things, which we'll get to, but we'll start with the good. Um, yeah. So I should back up a second. We went to Berlin and Munich, and we split our time pretty much evenly between those two places. And I've always wanted to see Berlin because of the history. You read about the Berlin Wall and everything that happened during World War II. That's where uh, Hitler met his demise and you get to see all this stuff in person. It's, it's so freaking cool to see the, I don't know how much of a history buff you are, but when you ask people about history, most people seem to resonate with that history because it's recent. We had a super villains and all that. So to see all that stuff in person was really incredible. We did a bike tour the first day in Germany, which is great. Germ, uh, the first day in Berlin, because Berlin is super bike friendly. Uh, someone recommended it on Twitter, fat, city bike tours and it was awesome so we went past the berlin wall and all this other stuff and you see this uh we were at one spot but by the berlin wall and this guy's like okay look at the building you see all the holes in the facade of the building i'm like yeah he's like oh those are bolt holes from the war and you'll see that in a lot of buildings the ones still standing the ones that survived the war it's like holy crap these people were there was planes and guns and all this stuff and people were being shot at yeah, pretty crazy. So the history was the attraction to Berlin, seeing the wall. Like they, they've got markers on the ground. That I think Peter Frechter was the first guy to try to escape from East Germany to West Germany. He And there's actually two walls with a zone in between where they would shoot you. And there, sometimes there'd be landmines in there. And he was climbing up. He almost made it. He was climbing up the Western Wall and they, they shot him and he didn't die instantly. So this poor guy is wailing and no one would come get him because no one else wanted to start a bigger, uh, any kind of bigger conflict. So this guy took like an hour to die in the street and there's a marker right there. Like here's where Peter died. And now there's like a, I don't know what's there, like a, a CVS or their version of it right next to it. So the world has changed. <laughs> so the history was the first thing I noted. Super cool. One more thing to say about that. There was one spot where the wall had been demolished, but you could look and see the West German side and East German side in the same view. So the East German side, as you might expect, looks like a college dormitory, like crappy architecture, Soviet block architecture. And then the West German side is all green. There's trees, windows everywhere and stuff like that. So it was pretty, it, it was cool to see the contrast between the two different political systems. One works pretty well. The other one, not so much. And then what's the rest of the family interested in the historical aspect as well. Yeah. Our older kid had learned about it in school. So she was all on board. The younger one was like, ah, this sucks. I, I think she would have been more interested a couple of years later after she would have 
knowing more about the back story of everything. Do any of you speak any German? Was it difficult communicating at all? <laughs> Nein. Uh, Sprechen Sie English? Uh, it wasn't that difficult. Most people there speak English. I think we inadvertently stole some merchandise from a brewery because of a communication failure. Uh, and I'm going to send them money. I've got 20 euros left over. So that's on my to-do list. But except in rural places, almost everyone spoke English. But we would make an attempt. We would try to say what we wanted to say in Germany. Ein, ein liter beer, bitte. May I have a, can I have a liter of beer, please? And then they would quickly realize that we weren't natives and they would convert to English. So, yeah, no no communication issues except for the stolen mug from First Carl Brewery. How did you how did you accidentally steal it? They were like, "Hey, it's free," or like you thought you already paid. <sighs> yeah, so I went up to we went up to the checkout counter and we had bought two bottles of beer in this mug, so I just grabbed the mug off the thing and stuck it on the counter. So we had our, our two beers there and the mug. Oh. And this woman starts talking to us in German, like, for, for, for like two minutes. And we couldn't like tell her to stop because she wouldn't stop talking. So we're finally like, uh, she English? And she was like, she looked at us for a second and just started laughing. So she was super confused. And I think she probably felt like an an, an idiot because she had been speaking to us and we didn't know what was going on. But then the, the weird thing was she continued to speak in German after that. So maybe she was humiliating us, but then I paid and the whole situation was kind of uncomfortable. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. So I'm just going to, the thing's going to come up on the credit card. I'm going I'm to tap it. They have touchless payment there and we're going to get out of here because this is strange. So then I went to check my receipt and it was only like four bucks and beer there is pretty cheap. So it's not unusual to pay four dollars for two beers, but I'm like, this this mug had to cost more than that. So I'm pretty sure she thought maybe we were drinking of it and we just happened to carry it into their gift shop or whatever and didn't charge us for it. Hmm. So I don't know. So first Carl Brewery, if you're if you're listening, I'm sorry, I'm gonna send you some euros to make up for this transgression. It was a it was an accident. It's okay. <laughs> it, it, it was an accident and I'm going to make up for it. But yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. But yeah, one cool thing there is the the transportation there. You know about the autobahn, and they've got no speed limits for parts of it and all that. And we took full advantage of that. We had a Skoda S K O D A, which is like a budget Volkswagen. And I got to tell you, Doug, that thing was not up to the task of autobahn driving. It would get up to <laughs> two no, like one hundred and eighty kilometers an hour, which I think is somewhere like around maybe one hundred and ten miles per hour. And that's not fast on the Autobahn. So you'd be in the left lane and people there are very respectful and they know how to drive. There's no idiots in the left lane going 10 miles under the speed limit. If you're in the left lane, you watch your, your rear view mirror. And if someone is approaching quickly, you get out of there. And you're only in that if you want to pass. Like most people would stay in the rightmost lane unless they wanted to pass, which is pretty cool. So you'd be in that thing going 110. I remember there was one time where we had a thick floor and we're going as fast as we can. And I see some cars coming up behind me. So I got over and the first one was a Porsche 911. The second one was some kind of Audi station wagon. And then this Volkswagen van. I'm like, what the hell was that? But they were all hauling ass. I don't know how fast they were going, but the, the roads there are very nice. And it, it's so cool. Everyone there like really knows how to drive and aren't dicks. Like sometimes they are here on American roads. Like uh, 
I didn't know that a right turn on red was not allowed. I'm just like, ah, America, I can make a right turn on a red. And I went to attempt that. And someone will, will gently alert you immediately that you are not supposed to do that, a gentle honk on the horn. Like, maybe. And then you, you look in the sky. He's like, no, shaking his head at me. I'm like, okay, sorry, dumb American. Uh. And, and the lights there, they turn green, yellow, red, but then they go red, yellow, green, which is actually pretty cool. So you know when it's going to turn green. Oh. And I don't know if that's because... Like the rental car is a stick shift there. You have to pay extra for an automatic, and that gives you time to get back in gear and get ready to move. But I thought that was cool. America should do that. Yeah, and I I remember, I guess a few people told me recently, yeah, there it's all manual transmissions over there pretty much. Yeah, you can get automatics, but I think they're still obscure, which is kind of surprising. I thought they would have converted because I don't think there's fuel efficiency advantages for stick shifts anymore like there used to be. It's a good filter for like Americans coming over there, I guess. Yeah. Can you, you could drive a stick shift, right, Doug? Or? I can't. It's been a while, but I had, I, I learned on one and then had one for maybe like three or four years. Okay. So yeah, but it's been a while, but it's like riding a bike, right? Yeah. It would come back to you. Yeah. No yep. big deal. Cool. Yeah. Uh, next, Germany is beautiful. One thing I noticed from the get-go, which I really like, and it reminded me of Vermont because there are no billboards. There's not big signs everywhere, like nothing. So you're driving through the countryside and all you see is green. And that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. I, I really like that. Like here you drive through Denver and there's Budweiser billboards, Denver Broncos, and all these attorneys trying to ambulance chaser attorneys. So mm-hmm. you don't see any of that in Germany whatsoever. I thought that was super cool. I know Vermont's the same way, and I remember noticing that there. So every place should do that. Yeah, those the billboards really muck up the uh, the countryside. And I'm there's a few spots that we've been through where there's no. Yeah, Vermont's one, and then you know driving through like the middle of nowhere in Canada, there were very few signs because like people just don't use the roads. <laughs> Um, another thing is, and this is, goes back to my sprockets stereotypes is everyone follows the rules and they're pretty, I don't even know if respectful is the right way, but they're orderly. Like they know what they're supposed to do and they do it. I remember we took the, the train, like the Metro and we go on the escalator and I look up and everyone is just on the right side. Cause that's what you're supposed to do. If you want to stand, you go on the right side. If you want to walk up the thing, then you leave a space there so other people could walk up and everyone would do that. They drove the correct way. Uh, if you were, if you were standing in the bike lane, people would get angry with you because you don't do that. The bike lane is for bikes. You don't walk in the fucking bike lane. So if you're in the bike lane and you're a pedestrian, get the hell out. And they were, we never got in trouble for that, but we saw other people where some dude would be on a bike and there'd be a bunch of tourists standing there looking at the wall and they'd be like, please out, out for the bike lane or, Whatever the translation of that is in German, but I kind of, I kind of like that. You've got basic rules and you follow them, and makes life a little bit more pleasant for everyone. Yeah, just a little etiquette. I know when we were flying out of Denver, we're on like the, the moving walkway, and yeah, there were a couple of fat people just like camped up, and they were just standing there, like blocking the whole thing, and we we weren't in a hurry. I don't even know why we were on the moving walkway. Elizabeth walked on there. So I was like, okay, I guess we're getting on this thing. And um, yeah, people were trying to get by and they'd like say, excuse me. They ne- The two um, fat people or um, overweight people, is that the politically incorrect? 
obese. I don't know. What, what word can I say? Oh, I'm trying to think of a term. I don't know it, Doug. I, this is dangerous territory, Doug. I'm, I'm going to be quiet at this point. It doesn't matter how big they were. They were blocking the way. And yeah, they never got the hint. They never like moved over. They were just like, we're standing here. <laughs> we're blocking the way and people could squeeze through. But that was that was the best that they could do. Yeah, isn't that annoying? I had a similar experience. I was at an airport. And I remember there was even a sign like when you got on the thing and said, walkers left, if you want to stand, stay to the right. So I go over there and uh, there's a bunch of uh, – ladies with like strollers and stuff and they were blocking the whole thing too so i'm like excuse me i'm just trying trying to get through and this lady starts yelling at me she's like well excuse us sir I'm like well fuck <laughs> off read the side it says it right there yeah. like get over you don't have to be rude like that you shouldn't have been rude like that in any case that's dangerous territory too man <laughs> ladies with strollers they're called mothers i know that one <laughs> okay uh, we so gotta look out yeah we may have to edit this whole whole thing send your hate mail to doug at milehificlub.com <laughs> Oh, bad. Yeah, but I, I like that. There should be certain rules of etiquette, like just very basic rules that aren't complicated. When you drive, you stay to the right. When you're on the escalator or the other thing, stay to the right. Just don't be an asshole, I guess. That should be your fundamental rule. Yeah. 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 Okay. What uh, What else do you got? Uh, I should talk about the food a little bit. I love, and this is a, another controversial topic that we might get in trouble for, but do you like sauerkraut dog or? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Really? In the right context, sure. I've, I've made some, you know, I ferment all sorts of shit. And uh, yeah, I've, I've made some sauerkraut before. I'm actually surprised by your answer because usually that's a pretty controversial thing. People, just like sprockets, people either love it or they think it's the most disgusting thing. Like they can't even handle the, the smell of it. And I happen to like it a lot. So every place, every opportunity I could, I'd order that. I think at one place, the waiter thought we were nuts. We ordered beers. And then the guy's like, do you want any food? I'm like, uh, just sauerkraut. He's like, excuse me? I'm like, yeah, just a big plate of sauerkraut. And the guy kind of looked at me like I was nuts and came back with it. But the sauerkraut was really good there. We went to one place, and I think it's called Bavarian Kraut, where they cook it so it's a little bit brown. And I think they do something with brown sugar so it's sweet. It's not like some of the fresh stuff you would buy here in the store where burns your tongue off and it was very tasty there's there was some kind of little berries in there or something like that so yeah it was really good i was trying to get mindy to try it i'm like you know this isn't the the same thing as an american sauerkraut it's different she's like that's not going anywhere near my mouth come on just try it it's different no so still gonna get her to try and they had dog i was walking around and mindy's like oh my god look at the produce stand so i look i'm like yeah they've got produce there she's like no look it's asparagus and I look, and at first I thought it was some kind of sausage. The asparagus was probably the same diameter as a Costco hot dog, or maybe even a little bit thicker. And it was the white variety, which I don't really see in the stores here anymore. I, I have seen it before, but just these mm-hmm. massive stocks. I'm like, oh my God, I want to buy that. But we weren't in Airbnbs. <laughs> we had no way to prepare it. I should have got some and just, just ate it raw for the hell yeah. of it. But. Quick question. So you described it as the diameter of a Costco hot dog. Is that the size of a normal hot dog or are these, um, you know, in bulk size, is it worth the distinction of Costco hot dog versus a normal hot dog? Yeah. Costco hot dogs are probably more, they're a little bit thicker. They're not like girth. something you would get. I think that's the yeah, girth. girth. Girth matters, right? Uh, so they looked more like a, 
a Costco hot dog is probably more like a bratwurst, a little bit thicker. And that's what the, it was like this mutant big ass asparagus. It was long too. Like, I don't know. Did you take some pictures? I did not take a picture. I so regret not doing that. I thought of that after the, after I got home too. I'm like, why did I take pictures of that? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought, but it is cool to see like the different, the different foods that are in the supermarkets and, and stuff like that. Um, just, yeah, just in different locations and maybe they, they like a different variety, the girthier kind of asparagus. Yeah. They like their asparagus big, but yeah, the, the food there was all good. It gets, uh, you can only eat bratwurst so many times, but yeah, it was all good. I like their, uh, to transition a little bit, they're very environmentally friendly. Like you don't see much plastic there at all. And even the plane, it was Lufthansa, which is a German airline. They actually had like silverware on the plane, which surprised me in like cups that they would reuse. Uh, whenever they had disposable stuff, it was made out of wood, like these little wood spoons, things like that. So there isn't a lot of waste, or if there is, it's compostable, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, wind turbines everywhere and solar panels everywhere too. And they're pretty high up in latitude. I'm not sure what it's comparable to America. It might even be like Canada. I should have looked this up. But yeah, it surprised me, especially like way more solar panel density. It'd be cool. You'd be going through these old ancient villages where you could tell these houses are like hundreds of years old and they'd be covered in solar panels, which is pretty neat. Hmm. And uh, I guess I looked this up. Their electrical rates are similar to what they are in Hawaii. They're about quadruple what we pay here in Longmont. But they do that willingly and they're doing that to build out their alternative energy infrastructure. So they're thinking ahead, which is good. Maybe they're not. They're not moving as fast as they need to be with what's going on in the world right now, but it's cool to see their forward thinking. Like, can you, if you were to propose like an extra tax to Americans, like on gas to pay for wind turbines, <laughs> I think we'd have a civil war. So they think a little bit differently there. Yeah. When I went to, um, I know you shifted over to the environmental and uh, sort of ideas um, with the food. So, you know, there's only so much sauerkraut that you can have. What, what other stuff, like, is there just like, you know, normal things, you know, you get roast chicken or there's um, whatever steak or yeah, like just normally, where would you guys eat out and stuff? Yeah, schnitzel, uh, lots of pork. I think pork is a lot more prevalent there. It almost seemed like pork is a bigger deal than beef, which seems kind of the opposite of America. But really good bakery stuff, man. We bought one of those, like so stereotypical, but like this massive pretzel that's like as big as your head, and we all split the thing up like that could have been a meal in itself. And so good is probably the best pretzel I ever had. We noticed they were all different. Like we got a pretzel at one place, and the thing was like as hard as a rock. I could have thrown it at someone and like injured them. But then other ones would be soft and chewy. I'm not sure if one was a, a legit one and the other was some kind of tourist thing. But the uh, the soft and chewy one was good. Uh, beer, I guess we should talk about that. Uh, Germany has a beer culture, but that was actually one of the more disappointing things because America is so experimental. Like we put all kinds of shit in beer and some of it we probably, we probably cross the line many times. We've got peanut butter beer and I think there's even a mushroom beer. And in Germany, I noticed most places had four different kinds. You'd get the Helles, which is like a super light beer, a Pilsner, a Dunkel and maybe a Marzen and not even like a double Dunkel, which we see around here. And that was pretty much it. We were talking to someone there and they're like, well, you have to go to this particular brewery. Like they're the best in Munich. They're, they're known for this. I'm like, yeah, you know, this, this tastes the exact same as this version of beer that I've had 
everywhere else here. And it was good. The beer was well done. Just not the variety or the experimentation that we have in America. Yep. And I think it's worth pointing out if people don't know, like the Colorado is very progressive with their, with like beer and breweries and like the Brewers Association is like in Boulder, like just 15 minutes away. So the breweries around here are like some of the best in the country. They were like brewing, um, like beers that were on the edge of what we were ready for, like micro brew wise, like way ahead of time. And like the great American beer festival is in Denver. So there's a lot of good beer around here. So it's hard to get impressed when you go somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. But I think like I'll walk that back a little bit. It was very well done. Like every beer I had there, you never occasionally I'll have a beer here and this happens more often than I'd like, you can tell they screwed something up. Like there's a, what's that chemical, that acetyl or whatever. In, um, in the diacetyl. Beer. Diacetyl, yeah. Uh, that probably happens maybe one out of every 20 times or there's something off with a beer here. And I never detected that there every, even though it was the same thing and kind of boring after a while, everything was very well done, which was good. Yeah. And I think those specific beers, lagers, all, all the ones that you mentioned are lagers and that's what Germany is known for, they are difficult to make. So like if there's any issue, like you can taste it. So I'm sure they were really well done. Now, one of the non-loggers that is popular is a Hefeweizen. Did you try any Hefs out there? We did not try those. And that's, I don't particularly like that kind of beer. So I did not try it. Okay. And one of the well-known ones is, uh, I think it's called Francis Connor. This is one you may run across and they have like their whole line, but that that's an ale and it's a wheat beer. So you probably don't like the extra wheat and gluten and it like upsets your stomach or something like that. Like you feel too bloated. Cause yeah. it's, it's a really like kind of, um, heavy beer compared to like a, like a Pilsner. Yeah. I just never liked the taste of those, but okay. yeah, it was awesome. Part of the thing is the atmosphere too, around the, the, the beer culture, like every town, even we went to this little tiny town and there was probably six houses there, but then they've got this epic beer garden, like with 20 outdoor tables. And I think this was a brewery. So this was a little bit different and they distributed, but yeah, all kinds of people out there with their families, people working on their laptops. We went to the Hofbrauhaus. house. Do you know what that is, Doug? Or yeah. the famous one in music. And we walk in there and it's beautiful, this old building and they're playing oompa music with the guy in the tube. And oh, I love that atmosphere. It was so much fun. I can't, I don't know if I ever want to go to Oktoberfest with huge crowds like that, but I could see how much fun that could be with the music and the atmosphere. Everyone's going crazy, but people are respectful. People aren't dicks with their drinking like they are here too. Uh, mm-hmm. I never noticed any bad behavior and anything like that. So Nice. And quick shout out to a friend of mine, uh, Brian, who op- I worked with him in the consulting world. And I was like, Carl, you got to check out this guy's brewery. Like he consulted for years, did some other stuff, quit that, has a brewery with a couple locations. We were talking, we don't know how to say the the name. Like, can can you spell it and give it your best shot? I think what, what was it? B-R, was there an R in there? I can't remember. B-R-A-U-G-H-I-E-R maybe. And there was like some dots or something over one of the letters. Yeah. Very good. It's like brew, brew gear or something. Yeah. I don't know. We'll put a link to it. They're on Instagram, but if you're in Berlin, right? It's in Berlin. Yeah. And they have two different locations. Okay. So people can check it out. And, you know, Brian's a good guy. He actually 
got me into beer, I was telling Carl earlier, we, we worked together in New York and we would go into the city. And then, uh, Brian, he was like, oh, you got to try out this, um, this beer. We went to a Belgian bar and it was delirium tremens. So it was like the little pink elephant, you know, there was a neon sign. He was like, you got to try this one. And that was like one of the first like good beers and like a great import beer. Um, so yeah, Brian got me into beer a little bit before I started brewing, which was kind of cool. Okay. So before you met him, were you just drinking Miller lights or what, what were you doing before him? A lot of liquor. So I would, I would do a lot of shots and like, uh, mixed drinks and stuff like that. But, um, the go-to beer was usually Coors Light, um, sometimes Bud Light. Didn't like Miller so much, but yeah, literally, um, as I was getting into beer, like I was drinking Coors Light. Cool. Very watery. Well, I'm glad you met Brian. He changed (laughs) your life for the better. Yeah, so cool. He opened up a spot and you brought back a couple beers, which I'll 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 try soon. So all right. Yeah, I so I've got one more good point and then I'll say the things I did not like. So one cool thing was I published a blog post, we'll link to that in the show notes about my experiences in Germany. And I published it about two thirds of the way through the trip. And I had a couple people Say, hey, we're here if you want to meet up. And we actually met up with one of them, Monica and Patrick, who drove like 100 kilometers to meet us. I felt bad. I, I, I thought he happened to be in Munich. He's like, oh, no, we drove out here. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, wow. thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. But it was pretty neat talking to, to some locals. And it's kind of uh, surreal to have people in like Germany reading your stuff. I didn't ever expect to. I never thought anyone would read it. So when you meet people in Germany, it's pretty cool when you go abroad and and uh yeah there's readers there and so yeah I, we huh. enjoyed there we met up with them for probably three or four hours and that was a lot of fun they're they're german they didn't like relocate from somewhere else yeah they were german uh patrick had worked in north carolina for about a year and a half he, it, this is pretty cool he actually bought like a, a big ass mustang v8 stick shift and brought it back to germany Whoa. so there's probably not many mustangs in germany but this guy has one i'm like man i wish i could have uh Drove your car in the Autobahn instead of our stupid Skoda. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Any other um, people reach out, like to read the read the post or anything? Yeah, we had some, and I'm trying to think if there was anything interesting from that. Uh, we didn't meet up with anyone else, but it, yeah, people from Copenhagen as well who were super cool. They actually invited us to use their home. They were going to be in Italy, and uh, yeah, we could have used their home, but we just we tried to work it in, but. It would have been too much. I do want to go to Denmark. It seems awesome. That's where my family's from. So oh, cool. Just an excuse to go back there someday. Very nice. Yeah. So what what uh, cons did you select? Yeah, there were a couple. Ed. Smoking is a very big deal there. Ed. It's allowed. There's no, I guess I never saw, I don't think you're allowed to smoke inside, but Every beer garden or any outdoor place, uh, people would be smoking. And you'd try to find some area where they weren't smoking. You'd find some corner, like try to make it downwind or upwind from the rest of the place. And then inevitably someone would come stand next to you and start lighting up. That was pretty annoyed. And I looked this up. The thought I had after this, is it because do people actually smoke there or is it because it's allowed where it's more disallowed here? So then I've got some other kind of bias and it turns out their smoking rate is about twice what it is in the, in the United States. And it's actually like the vaping, at least to me is a little bit less 
annoying. It doesn't this cloud and then it disperses. But they like people don't vape there much. At least what we saw, it was all full on cigarettes. So you'd, you'd sit down for a pretzel and a beer or whatever. And then someone sits down next to you and lights up, which was kind of annoying and surprising. I thought they would have been past that, but I guess not. Yeah, that is surprising. Occasionally, when I see people smoke, not really so much around here, but um, yeah, when I see people smoke, I'm like, wow, do people still smoke? Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. You just don't see it that much. I guess here you see a lot of vapors. Yeah. You, know, you see the. And again, I mean, I, I never smoked. I think I tried like maybe two cigarettes or something, and I got no buzz from it because I, I hear people that actually like respond um like well or they enjoy nicotine they're like yeah it's it's great i love it but yeah i never i never got anything out of it so what what about you you just never tried no yeah way. i never even tried it i always thought it smelled disgusting and to inhale smoke just did not appeal to me so yeah yeah, yeah kind of crazy but i think like you said it's it's like more disallowed in many places around here and like socially we're obviously looking down on smokers right now <laughs> so like people are like ah I'll I'll like do this away from everyone else so yeah interesting yeah the other weird thing in Germany is and I'll back up a second like their their public transportation is awesome so we bought a 9 euro pass that gave us unlimited transportation for the whole month of June and it was everything except for like trains between cities so we could go into a city we could take as many bus rides as many train rides as we wanted but the, but the thing i noticed that was kind of weird is they don't have turnstiles you just walk on the train and i guess sometimes there will be like an undercover person who stands up and said hey i, I need to see everyone's tickets and if you don't have a ticket it's a pretty big fine but Pretty much, you just walk on and off the train. But the bathrooms are not like that. Everything is a is a pay toilet. So you have to pay money and then you go through a turnstile thing to pee, which I thought was kind of strange. And I told you the, the train story because at some of the rest stops there, they actually had a guard there. Even though they had a turnstile, you had to pay, go through the turnstile. And then they had some guy standing there just to make sure you paid. Because if you could like do a limbo and get under that thing or perhaps uh, <laughs> go over. So I thought it was kind of amusing that there's the public transportation is free flowing, but not the bathrooms. And I talked to someone about that and they said that keeps down on like vagrants trying to camp out in there and things like that. So um, maybe it's okay for that respect, but I, I found it weird that you had to pay to pee like they could just have the same security guard keeping the vagrants out of there instead of checking to make sure you paid your <laughs> euro or whatever to get in and out of the bathroom and I, I can't imagine like sometimes i've had times in my life where you really got to go and what would have happened if you didn't have like your money to stick in the machine or whatever i guess you're just i well i don't know what happens i don't even want to spe speculate it's a terrifying situation <laughs> what were they pretty clean then oh they were great that the bathrooms are top-notch they would have doors that went from the floor to the ceiling. Like sometimes here, there's like a two-inch gap at the airport and you can see what everyone's doing in there. Yeah, the bathrooms were outstanding there. They were all good. So I guess, and maybe the money goes towards that too. Maybe they have like a devoted crew making sure that the bathrooms are top-notch. So yeah. yeah, it just seemed weird to me that you had to pay. Oh, Germany come up with a better system for that. 
And um, side note, if you heard a little noise there, uh, that was Georgie bumping into where we have the microphones plugged in. We usually don't have her down here, even though I really like her. It's because she's very pushy. So right now she's just like trying to get me to pet her. She's like reaching up with her paw. And um, it's, it's very cute, but it is a little distracting while we're trying to record. So I'm sorry, Carl. I know this is frustrating. It's okay. We should interview Georgie at some point. Will she speak? Does she know that command where you can? No, not on command. Only when you don't want her to bark is when she'll do it. So it's very rare. She doesn't bark too much, but she's like, I really need to be petted here. So some people may be able to see her snout coming up uh, over the table here if you're watching on YouTube. But yeah, she's a very needy dog. So we'll move on here. Yeah, the, the bathroom thing is interesting, but I can see the value and there's a portion of the San Diego trip that I'll, I'll tell you about that has to do with like bathrooms and stuff like that. But yeah, I've, I can, I've been there. I can tell where that one yeah. is going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other overall impressions of Germany, would you go back? Like, are oh. there a lot more places to see? Yeah. It was so good. I can't wait to go back. We, we did many of the things we wanted to do in Germany, but we didn't really get a chance to explore. Like I like to go to neighborhoods and stuff like that. And we never did that in Munich. Uh, well, we went to Dachau, the concentration camp, and that consumed a day. But I had all of these other things I wanted to do on the list, like the BMW Museum and some other things, and uh, we didn't have a chance to do any of that. So I really want to go back. I, I know a mutual friend of ours, Matt G., is talking about going over there in about a year for his 40th birthday and inviting friends to go over there. So if he does that, I might try to get in on that. I also think it would be fun to go to one of the festivals, maybe not the big one in Munich, the Oktoberfest there. But I guess Jake, who has been on the podcast, said there's a bunch of smaller ones in smaller towns that are that might be better because they're not quite as crowded, not quite as touristy. So I, I would definitely like to go back there for one of those. But yeah, it was great. I love the, the weather. It was cool there. You hardly have to use AC like here. I came back here and it was like 98 and then an mm. air conditioner crapped out. So yeah, yeah, Germany's awesome. I would definitely go back. It was better than I thought it would be. How many days were you there? Eight days total. Did you feel the rush and busyness of being on vacation? What I tried to do every time I started feeling like that, I said, okay, we're going to cut the rest of the stuff we had planned out for the day because I didn't want that kind of anxiety. I think that makes for a subpar trip. So like we were in Munich and we went to the, the concentration camp. I'm like, you know, I was going to plan all this other stuff, but let's just cancel that. It'll be something I can go to next time we're here. Uh, I wish we could have gone there for more time, actually. I didn't want to. It, we had other scheduling constrictions, but yeah, if I could, I, I think a week or two. If I go back there, I would actually like to go there for like a month and just live in a, a couple different places, maybe two different places for two weeks each. Yep. I think that that's the way to do it. And we'll we'll talk about that some for the San Diego trip. But yeah, I mean, the slow travel is what we had done in the, the past, um, once we realized we had that kind of flexibility and yeah, it takes so much of the pressure off. Uh, obviously you're at a place longer so you could do more, but like the day to day just feels like commerce. So you can do like one thing that day and then just have the rest of the day kind of open things will pop up because you, you didn't plan for anything, but like some opportunity will come up that you wouldn't have been able to do. Like if you filled your time up all the way. So 
but it is a luxurious thing if you're like, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere for like a month or two yeah. and just, I mean, it's, it's pretty tough to do. You got to plan ahead. So, yeah, I, I hate the word travel. One more <clears> comment <throat> about this. I don't even like that word. I don't want to, when I'm older, especially after our kids are out of school, I don't, I don't want to say I'm traveling. I want to say I'm going to go live in another place for like a month and just get an Airbnb. And a lot of times it is luxurious, but if you're doing a, like a longer term stay, it's going to be, it might be cheaper because you can negotiate, Hey, I'm going to stay in your Airbnb for a month. What rate can you give me? Or it just might turn out it's cheaper than a hotel where you've got a staff and turning it over. And and then you could live in a neighborhood. You're not in a tourist spot. You've got a place to cook and you could just, like you said, you can go out, see something, maybe in the morning, go to the beach, but then like sit back and read or watch a movie. You don't feel the pressure. You could just live there instead of traveling there. Yep. Yeah. Cause you've, you're like, oh, we're only here for X number of days and however many days. It's like not enough. Like you, you're not going to be able to see all the stuff that you want to see and do all the things you want to do. So, so Doug, you went to one of my favorite places in the world. I was there recently, and where I, I like it so much, we're going back there in October. And this is San Diego, and you have never been there, right? Right. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's worth it to explore like the trip that we were thinking of doing. Um, and we decided on San Diego instead. So at first, um, we, were, we were actually going to visit um, with some friends who travel up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan often. So that was the initial idea. And then like that sort of fell through. That would have been fine. But I'm not a water person just in general, even though we ended up back in, in a watery place. But I don't care about lakes. I'm not going to get on a boat. I don't fish. Like I, I don't care really too much about the water. So then... When the that plan fell through, we're like, Hawaii. We haven't been there in a while. And I even got some suggestions from you, Maui, Kauai, that sort of thing. And we really liked it there when we went in the past, but it was very expensive. Flights were way higher than we were thinking. And like all the lodging was really expensive. So we're like, okay, what about San Diego? I've never been to Southern California. There's tons of beer there. We hear it's fantastic. You had just been a few months ago. And once we started looking, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be really awesome. So all the things that I had heard were true, maybe even better. So it's like the beaches are fantastic. It was actually very clean for the number of people that were out there. I'm used to beaches in the Southeast. So like Florida, maybe like South Carolina and my, I mean, this is years ago, so maybe things have changed, but I feel like those Southeast beaches are just kind of trashy. Like, oh, I mean, there's some nicer ones or some more upscale areas, but just in general, I'm like, I don't like those beaches too much. Maybe I'm just like lumping the Southeast. People shoot me an email if I'm completely wrong. I have heard there's like, you know, really upscale areas where the beaches are fantastic. But compared to San Diego, I was like, this is so different. One huge difference is the temperature. So those beaches in the South, I was just like melting so hot. It's you know 90 100 degrees just kind of miserable. And then San Diego was about 60 to about 72 so good. every single day. And it was um it was really just pleasant weather. So a little cool if you're out there for a long time and you get in the water and then you know that that could be a little bit cooler, but that's fine. I wasn't spending a huge amount of time in the water anyway. So one issue I have with San Diego beaches is most of the time we've been there, it hasn't been in the main, like June, July, August, 
And the beaches, there aren't that many people on there. Kind of, you could pretty much plop down anywhere. And one time we went like in June or July, and it was especially near like a major road that was packed with people. Like you couldn't even find a spot yet to walk like down the boardwalk a bit. Was it super busy when you were there? No. I mean, there, there were a lot of people at certain times in in certain areas and it never felt like too crowded. It was like a nice, a nice number of people. So you felt like, you know, some energy from, you know, kids playing and like people playing volleyball or kicking a soccer ball or something. We were there from like a, a Tuesday to Tuesday. So most of the time was non-weekend. When it was the weekend, it was pretty crowded. And we were at Mission Beach specifically, like in between the uh, the bay and the beach. So we had kind of a great location. And if you went a little bit further north to Pacific Beach, it was a lot more crowded. I think maybe that's a a bigger hub or something like that, maybe more commercial stuff or more parking. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but it was more crowded up there. But I never felt like it was insane. Now, one day we did go over to uh, Coronado and that was, it was a uh, Monday. So it was a holiday. It was a federal holiday. That beach was extremely packed. There were tons and tons of people. You could still find a spot to, to lay down or set up shop, but that was way more dense. Got it. Is That's where the Navy SEALs are close to, I think. Like the famous Navy SEAL beach, I think, is down there. Okay. I, I do not know. Uh, I just know the Coronado is the, the little island off the, um, off the mainland. Cool. So, so you just take a bridge over there and, yeah, r- really nice, very upscale um, spot. And, oh, yeah, did you have another question generally? Did you go go out on the Pacific Beach Pier? I think that's what it's called. The the big uh, pier that you can walk out on at the. We did not. So that appeared to be um, it was like a little hotel or something like that. Like there's little cabins on there, and it was closed off. Oh, okay. They usually when I've been there, they close it off. Like it's open from like eight to eight or something like that, and then after hours they shut a gate. But yeah, maybe it's changed. Oh, and and you know what? I didn't pay too much attention. I think like the couple of times we walked by, I was like, oh, they have it closed. And I think you could like pay to go get access if you weren't staying on. I mean, they have like little cottages on there. That's the one you're talking about, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it looked cool, but I was, we never walked out that way. Okay. Uh, Speaking of asparagus, did you go to the uh, clothing optional section at the beach? No, no, we didn't. Okay. I, I just made that up. There's no such thing. (laughs) <laughs> there, there is a clothing optional beach, um, but we didn't go to that. God, it sounds like it wouldn't be worth it. Just could, you'd have to buy a lot of sunscreen. And yeah, those are delicate parts that I've never seen sunscreen before. But you definitely don't want them burned either. So you don't want them. I mean, that would be very bad. Like, yeah, you definitely you have to cover everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking on this now. You could get in trouble. Like you go there and you start applying sunscreen to places. Like, no, no, officer, I was just applying sunscreen. I swear. I I get burned. Talk to the judge, kid. Yeah. It's like, ah, it's starting to burn. Come on. Okay. We'll get this back on track. Now, one, one thing that I planned this out specifically. So I didn't want to get a rental car. I didn't want to drive anywhere. I didn't want to have to worry about parking. And 
rental cars are expensive. Gas is really expensive right now. So it, it made sense. And I was like, ah, if I just you know ballpark it, it'll be hundreds of dollars just to rent a car and pay for gas. And I'm pretty sure we can just Uber everywhere and it'll be cheaper and way more convenient and then less stress. You don't have to figure out where you're going exactly. And navigate on highways you're not used to and all that kind of stuff. It worked out great. The side benefit is you're not tempted to like go on a two hour excursion. Uh, A couple people were like, oh, you got to check out this or that. And I'm like, I don't have a car. I don't even have to make that decision. Like we're not going there. Um, And the thing is the beach is the destination. We were like steps away. Like it literally took like 20 seconds to go out our door and be on the beach. And like, that's the, that's the place to spend the time. So I was like trying to make it easy to have an activity where, I mean, even just walking on the boardwalk or the beach, like that's a fun thing to do over and over again. Like, I think you could do it every day. Yeah. That was our tradition. We would stay in in Mission Beach kind of by the amusement park and walk up to that pier and back, which I think is four, six miles. And it's so good just to see the waves. And I'm curious, did you try any alternative forms of transportation. They've got the scooter rentals there, and I think they've got e-bikes, which you can tool around on. Did you give those a shot? No, no, we didn't. The one, one side note. So we, we, there's, there's boardwalks all, all along um, the, the beach area and the bay. And it was very crowded on the boardwalk. And like, I think I just got the impression from like sort of where it got narrow and I saw people trying to ride bikes and get around and like even just walking, it it gets a little congested. And I was like, I don't think I want to try and ride a bike around here. Now, of course you can hop over to the bay or go further down the boardwalk and there's a little more space. It's not as congested, but I was like, I don't want to try to ride a bike over here. Now I did start getting interested in uh, skateboarding and like the long boards. I was like, that looks kind of fun. I rode a skateboard when I was like 10 to 12 or so thought it was pretty fun. Did you ever get into skateboarding? Yeah. Okay. Were you good or? No, I could do like ollies and some other basic tricks. Okay. That was the extent. Yeah. I wasn't very good, but I, I saw the long boards and, you know, people seem like they were pretty chill and like lazily, like just going along. It looked very steady. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll rent one of those. But our, our friend, David, I always mess up the last name, David Boyer. Yeah, it's spelled like that beer place that your friend has in Berlin, right? Maybe that's a correct pronunciation. Breuer. Breuer. Um, so David, David's son, uh, Q, had a skateboard. So I rode like a little kid's skateboard a little bit on the, um, on the boardwalk by the bay, which was pretty fun. It was uh, certainly too small and it was sort of like a, a more of a trick skateboard. So it was a little bit shorter and it was made for a kid. So, um, it was a little shaky at first, but I actually like got the hang of it and my balance was fine and it was pretty fun. And for a second I was like, maybe I'll have a longboard out here. You know, they got all the shops. You could buy anything you want. Uh, luckily, I mean, I knew it would be twice as expensive as you could probably buy it anywhere else, but I ended up not getting a longboard, but I was like, that's pretty fun. I may check it out cause we have a nice greenway around here and it could be fun to, uh, you know, just zip around. I don't. I don't have a reason other than just like, oh, you can cover more ground a little faster. Yeah, you can get electric versions of those too to go even faster. Yeah, uh, several people did have those and they'd, they'd zip by um, pretty fast. But I don't think 
that doesn't seem safe for me. Um, I'd have to put pads on and stuff, but yeah, just the old, uh, traditional, I, I do it potentially more for exercise. So I don't think writing on the electric one would be as, um, helpful. It would be the opposite. Yeah. You could I mean, be walking, but I'm riding a skateboard. Yeah. But they go pretty fast. I mean, people use it to commute and, and stuff like that. So one crazy thing, um, we did see someone riding like a, a one wheel, you know, those, um, whatever. Yeah. It's, just, I don't know what you call it. It's like a unicycle, but it's like a motorized electric unicycle. And they were commuting. They were in the bike lane. They were going fast, going down like a, a huge hill. Cars are going by at like 60 miles an hour. They have a helmet and they're like all outfitted with like basically armor. Yeah, those things are awesome. Yeah, that also looks terrifying. Would you ride one of those? I have, and I'm less scared on that than I've ridden both the electric skateboard and that. The one wheel, I think, is much safer because it like moves with your body. You lean forward like you're one with the one wheel, whereas a skateboard, you're kind of fighting the thing. You hit the gas, and you kind of like fall off the thing, or you stop, and you kind of go forward. Yeah. So, yeah, I love the one wheel. Have you done a Segway? I have never done a Segway before, no. Okay. We we've done um, Segway tours in towns that we visited, and they're they're really fun. They're like if you get a if you get a chance, like do a Segway tour because you get I mean you cover more ground. Yep. And I don't know if it's like safer or less safe than like a one wheel situation or anything like that. At least you got something to hang on to with a Segway. Yeah, so. I think it's definitely safer. I the only reason I could get on a one wheel and and take off and know how to do it, I think, was because of past skateboard experience i think the average person there'd probably be a bit of a learning curve yeah and the segways are super easy they get you to zip around the parking lot you know there's like little kids grandmothers like anyone is able to figure it out in a few minutes so yeah the one wheel seems nuts i would not get on one of those okay yeah ubering was a great idea and we did get to ride two in two Teslas. So that was my first time in a Tesla, a couple Model 3s, and they were great. They were so smooth, and both of the drivers had just picked them up. So one guy had them for like, had it his for five days, the other one for like three weeks, but it was fantastic. So they, I know some companies will lease you a Tesla to put on Uber. Did these guys actually own the Tesla or do you have any idea? Or? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that, but that would be a, a good business model. It, it sounded like they were, it seemed like they bought them, but who knows? Yeah. It's not, it's kind of a weird thing. You're buying a $60,000 car to work for Uber, but yeah. That's what I thought too. But the, you know, the one, one guy showed me like, here's how much like basically a, a tank of, you know, charge cost. And he's like, it was like 10 bucks for like 300 miles or something. And I'm like, well, that, that makes sense. If you're driving that much, like you'd make it back pretty quick at the gas prices that, you know, it was like six fifty to seven bucks, I think in most places. Holy crap. Yeah. So pretty insane. And I would, the, the side note with, uh, un, being unable to drive, like I think Elizabeth, she was like, I, I kind of would want to have a car here next time. But I enjoyed the constraint of 
you can't like go drive around and you can't, like I said, go on a two hour trip to go see like one little thing or or whatever. And I, I wanted to get bored where it's like, Oh, it'd be cool to go this other place, but we, why don't we just lay on the beach or walk around some more or something? Um, so, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't turn out exactly like how I expected because I ended up being a little more busy um, just in general. So, Got it. Um, but it was cool because David actually did drive us around quite a bit and he knows the area and he's like recently retired in the last um, year or so. And, oh, we'll give him a shout out. His site is phyology.com, right? Yep. So people can check that out. He has a, basically like, I think it's a 52 lesson situation where he curates content and he emails uh, the list of material and it's sort of a lesson plan, right? Have you looked at it very closely and d- uh, dug I've, in? I've looked through his workbook. I have not taken his online class, but I think it's free too. It, it is free. Yeah, yeah, it's totally free. So you just sign up and you can see what he has curated. Yeah. So, yeah. So David, David drove us around and helped us out a lot and like check this out and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, thanks David quite a bit. And, You've visited him out there before, right? Yeah, I stayed with him last time I was out there. Yeah, David's awesome. I think he's since moved. I don't know if he's closer to the beach now, but he was a bit out when I was there. Okay. Yeah, but I think he's 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 moving much closer now. So um, we stayed at an Airbnb, which turned out great. Like I mentioned, the location was very good. Um, it wasn't anything super fancy, but it was like enough room. There was a full kitchen. Everything was fine. We hardly cooked in there. That is something like potentially that we could have done more of, but I love trying new food and I want to go to a bunch of different places. So for me, I I think we cooked like one thing in there and had, we got some fruit and and that sort of thing. But yeah, we just ate out almost every single meal and nothing crazy. I did get to have a lot of seafood, which I enjoy. And when I'm by the water, I'm like, all right, I want to eat more fish and stuff. So had some sushi and uh, some pokey. Do you like pokey? Do you get into that? I don't think I've ever had it. Is that like raw salmon bowls or what is it? Yeah, usually it's uh, tuna or salmon. And yeah, it's rice and you know some other veggies and stuff like that. But yeah, raw fish. Okay. Did you have, I remember you told me your best meal was, I think, in Kona, Hawaii, the guy with the fish right by the ocean. Did any meals rival that? Or? No, no, that that was really good. And the the story on that one is there's a, it's called the Pokey Shack on the big island and it's in the parking lot of like a hotel and it's just like a random little, you know, small, tiny little kind of shack almost. But the owner of the place was you know doing some stuff in a giant cooler and he was like yeah i'm just brining it so we chatted with him for a while and he he was like yeah i get the fish and uh, i buy it right off the boat i just got this one in so it was like a giant yellowfin tuna that he was brining and he was like a lot of people say like the best fish is like right off the boat and, and you cut it right off the fish and it's so fresh and all that and he was like it's usually not. He was like, it's not that great. Like you got to brine it first. So there's like some additional flavor. And I thought that was, that was interesting because everyone is like, eat it right off the fish on the boat. 
so fresh. Anyway, so he brined it and I, I got a picture of this guy in Hawaii. Depoki Shack is what it's called. So if you're ever in, on the big island, check it out. Um, the Pacific Beach Pokey Shop was very good, but it didn't rival the um, the Hawaiian, which you would expect, I, I would think. Yeah. So um, we did have a very good uh, breakfast burrito from some other place. And I mean, there, there were so many places t- to eat. Several times we did just order a burger and fries because, you know, it's kind of a a bar situation and I try not to expect too much from certain places. So I think I, we tried to order something more elaborate in some places. And then eventually it was like, fuck it. They're not going to mess up <laughs> a burger and fries. It'll be fine. We're not going to worry about it too much, but I got my sushi fix and like the pokey, plenty of tacos, breakfast tacos and like tacos otherwise. And there were 20 other places within half a mile that I would want to try. I just like didn't get a chance to because one thing that we run into on vacation is we're just so full because like I said, I'm into food. So I want to go and try more stuff. And eventually we're like, I can't wait to just have like a couple salads and not feel the pressure to keep eating. It's a weird self-inflicted problem. Um. And speaking of places that we ate, many of those spots were breweries. So that's one thing. Like, if it's not, if it's not a place known for the food, and it's just a brewery, like let them do the beer, order a burger, keep it simple, and then check out the beer. So, which kind of surprising. This was eye opening. As soon as I saw you, you were like, "What did you think of the beer in San Diego?" Because it is such a wonderful beer scene, and. I think it was um, it was fine. And I think my answer was disappointing. I was like, it was fine. I drank a lot of IPAs. They were good. And part of it is the beer culture has like gotten so advanced. Like even a small brewery in a small town can be really good. And then we're in this Boulder County area where the beer is awesome. Most places, the beer is very good. So it was pretty good. Um, there were no place or there were no places, there were no beers where I was like, oh, holy shit. I have to tell people about this. Everything was fine. So were were you surprised that I came back with such a vanilla kind of answer? Uh, I don't know where you went to except the one you told me about. So I know some of the more highly regarded ones are further out. I know there's one place that has some kind of, uh, I can't remember what they call it, but they do a lot of barrel aged, like fancy stuff, but you would not have been able to go to that. So yeah, I guess it depends a lot of the things on the beach, like you're paying for the view and not so much the beer. Um, yeah, like modern times is good, but it's not any better than anything else we have around here. So yeah, I don't know. Beer's hard. Like the things that, uh, I thought were stupendous four or five years ago are just kind of, they're still good. They're still great, but I'm, I don't lust after them. Like maybe before, like the the Pliny, the elders, the beer that people would go crazy for here. And now, now you have it. It's like, yeah, you know, this is still really good, but everyone else has come up and that's kind of stayed the same. So it, it doesn't have the allure it used to. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll shout out a couple, couple places and, and one thing, I would often, I'd rather, not all the time, but I'd rather go to like a tap room 
or a place that has like multiple beers and like just a specific brewery, especially like in this situation where there's whatever 120 breweries that we could go to in the vicinity. It's like, just send me to a tap room. I can get a sampler and then try like several different things. We did go to a couple breweries, went to stone, went to a place called amplified, uh, ale works, which was 120 steps from where we were staying so it's just convenient but i think many of the beers were very good so we went to coronado amplified we didn't make it to modern times but we did try some of their beers had some lost abbey ballast point um, mike hess we went to as well but yeah all the beer was very good but i wasn't I, i was never like oh my god that's the most amazing thing and you were talking about the barrel edge stuff like that would be cool and it's interesting, but typically, right? I want to drink a few beers, and a lot of times, barrel aged stuff is like a little more special, and you can't, like, you're not drinking like three or four barrel aged things. Yep. So it's kind of it's a tough it's a tough mix to like figure out what to do on vacation, and then on top of it, so many other places do a really good barrel aged uh, program. So it's like the bars higher even for like the really special stuff. So. I think I've matured as a, a beer drinker and I was just like, hey, this is great. I'm enjoying it. I'm not like getting too into it, but trying some stuff from many different places. Now, I see where we are actually coming up on the end of time here. So I'm going to jump ahead to a surprising thing that popped up. And that is we saw Steve Martin and Martin Short do a stand-up show like at this venue right on the water. It was very cool, and I'm a big fan of Steve Martin. I like Martin Short a lot. I watched a lot of his uh, stuff, like in the whatever 80s and 90s. But yeah, it was really awesome to see Steve Martin played a little banjo and had a bluegrass band that played along with him a little bit. But very funny, and it was a just random thing. Pretty economic too. The tickets were only sixty bucks. Okay, where was that? What was the venue? It was called the, I think it's called the Ratty Shell um, something. It's like the, the Shell Center. And I think it's where the symphony plays. Okay. So, and it's it's facing perfectly. So you can like have the sunset and be on the water. And then the show's going on and the sun isn't shining like directly in your face. Like they placed it really well. I think it's a, a kind of a new venue. Huh, awesome. Yeah, but if you get a chance to go there, you should do it. And I, I think we would have liked to see more uh, bluegrass and, and banjo, like overall. I think they only play like maybe three songs or so. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. Are you a Steve Martin fan? Or yeah, I've I don't know if I've ever heard his stand up comedy, but his movies were always amusing. I, I remember the the Jerk. Remember that movie, like from when yeah. we were kids? Or yeah, but, yeah. yeah, and I I didn't. Now that I think about it. I guess I haven't watched too much of his stand-up, but I did uh, listen to his audio book, which if you have a chance to check it out, it's very good. It's called Born Standing Up, but he was like a huge, he played like arenas as a stand-up and then he got burned out and was like, I'm out and then started writing movies and acting in movies, did that for a while. And now he's like a world-class banjo player. Yeah, he's cool. One of my favorite quotes of all time comes from him and it's... uh be so good they can't ignore you I, I think that's pretty cool yeah yeah so it was a great trip and you know i think halfway through we were 
trying to figure out how we could stay there for like a month or two. So like when it would work to go out there, but I think it would be great to get away from here, like in the winter or actually in the summer, even cause it's so damn hot, but yeah, San Diego is pretty awesome. Yeah. We've thought about buying a property there. If we could make it work, even not make money, just have it pay for itself. I would do that in a second. We've actually looked at things there, like not on the beach too expensive, but maybe a couple yeah. block walk away would be acceptable. Like you said, that area in between the bay and the ocean. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk. We, we thought about that too. And we're like, I wonder if that would work, but it's, a, it's very expensive. But if, if you just need like a small, like one bed, one bath condo or something like that could be, you know, we could work together on that. Yeah. It'll be the mile high five like <laughs> beach condo. Mile high five West. <laughs> All right. Any other uh, final thoughts here? Yeah, I think that's it. I'm thankful to be financially independent that we could go on these fun adventures. And uh, yeah, let's find a way to be in San Diego for longer periods of time. Yeah, so so fun there. I mean, it's just, it's a little expensive. And the secret's out. Like, it is nice there. People know. <laughs> yeah, the, the fun thing real quick, I met, there's that big like castle thing right on Mission Beach. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a big junk shop and it looks like a castle. It's on the boardwalk or whatever yeah yeah i, I know what you're talking about yeah, we happen to be there when the guy who owns that thing was there his name was jake and he owns like 18 of these like uh, i'll say junk shop it's all a bunch of crap like well like for tourists and all that so Mitty and i sat down and talked to that guy for like i don't know half an hour and he was saying how rough that area used to be he's like when i first came here i remember coming here and there was like a big like arranged like gang fight on the beach and they used to have to shut down the beach at night and and he was talking about it like it was the Wild West. Like, this seems so weird now because it's so nice and beautiful here. I can't ever imagine Mission Beach being rough, but apparently it was. That, that, Crazy. That, we should have bought at that time. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to imagine now. But anyway, yeah, this this was great. Good catching up, Carl. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Yes. Talk of shame. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five, and uh, actually we don't give high fives in in person, so the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using, and that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. What was the most unusual food that you had on your trip? 
Germany is pretty conservative and they do eat some weird shit there. But I don't know. I've got an aversion to things I haven't had before. And to think about it logically, it doesn't make sense because we eat all kinds of weird shit, especially if you're a carnivore. You eat like mussels. That's what you're eating with, with animals. But there is, so I, I try to avoid weird stuff. I'm not going to eat like brains or organs or anything like that. But the one weird thing we did eat was, uh, it was pork knuckle. And I assume that's actually the knuckle of a pig or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we had that. It was good. It was actually Mindy ordered it and I tried a little bit of it. But yeah, other than that, pretty boring. Sauerkraut and bratwurst. Uh, Germany doesn't have a big exotic food scene. Okay. And the knuckle, like, so it's like their their hoof area or, or is that like the elbow? <laughs> I guess so. I didn't think too much about it. I Do pigs have, trying to think of the anatomy of a pig, I think their front legs kind of go like ours and a knee maybe, and maybe that was the part of it. But yeah, I try not to think about these things, Doug. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because you were like, well, I guess it's just the knuckle of the pig. And I'm like, well, they don't have fingers or toes as far as I know. So I'm not sure which part of the, but yeah, maybe it's in the, like their, the joint, like the knee area. Because like I'm trying to what, was there like a foot-looking part of it? No, no. If it looked like that, it would not have gone anywhere near my mouth. It just looked like if I would not have known that, I would not have guessed it was knuckle. I just would have thought it was some cut of beef or whatever from the pig. I guess it's not beef. What, what do you call the other white meat? I don't know. Pork? Pork, yeah, pork. Pork meat. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's cool. All right, yeah. And I have a whole section on on food, so that was a big big part but 